podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 25 of the Celtic Exchange. This is Tino and today I'm joined by Miff and Chris. So the breaking news today is that Ange Postacoglu has verbally agreed on personal terms with Celtic and should, I repeat, should be named as our next manager at some point this week. This would make him the second guy to do so in recent weeks, so let's hope this one works out a bit better than the last one did. One out of two is not bad. Miff, as we learn to our cost with Eddie Howe, these things are never done till they're done, but how would you feel if Ange is to become the next manager of Celtic? Ho Tino, ho Chris, eh, ho listeners, I would be happy, but it's a pretty low bar at the minute because I'd be happy just that the saga was over. But we're taking so much on, on trust, and to that end, I, I feel the same level of excitement that I did when, when Dyla was appointed, because I was very excited when Ronnie Dyla was appointed, it's just that that project never turned out to be how I expected it to go. I expected there to be a lot more kind of youth players involved at, at that time, and for us to really try and evolve a, a, a core group of players instead, what we were met with was you know very strange loan deals over, over the course of um, Ronnie's Ronnie's tenure and you always got the feeling that he just never really had a hand or any sort of control over the squad management and, and that's ultimately what, what, which cost him however on a personal I must say for me to miss a week what a week for me to miss I've sat here for about 15 episodes and had to rehash all the chat about who it will be who it won't be and then the actual week I don't come on this week that everything blows up what's the chances of that? just fake eh? mate just what's fate. the chances of that? so if I can, if you can indulge me for a second, yeah, go for it. How it was always suspicious to me that how the, the, the lack of noise about how, yeah, and I understand why the other side of the fence was well, Celtic are quietly and diligently going about their business, but as I had feared all along, he had not committed, mm-hmm. and that was my fear. And we were, we unfortunately, as it transpired, we were just standing with the guy that's been stood up, wait patiently, patiently waiting and say, oh, gonna just say aye, mate, yeah. and it's not harmed. We've been uh, standing at the station with a, a bouquet oh, of flowers I, and they've to take we, we, we are red rose on and being completely patched. Right, but if there is one smidgen of credit the board deserve at this, is that they did legitimately have a plan B. Because the relative speed with which things have moved with Postacoglu suggests that things must have been discussed and agreed prior to this point. There's something to that, but in terms of a plan B, I, I've noted this, it's a very different type of plan from but, the outplan. Well, plan. I, I'm, I'm saying a smidgen of credit because yeah. what's now subsequently become apparent is they've not done due diligence. Hmm. Timelines When he can get here Compensation Because I think that'd still be agreed Yeah So I think they had a plan B In the sense that There was a guy that worked for the City Football Group That we, we know we could maybe get mm-hmm. <laughs> So I'm not giving them too much credit But I suppose at least We've got that And now The sorry saga of this summer Will come closer To coming to an end Because Let's be honest Even if it's appointed tomorrow It's still not coming to an end Because yes. he's still to get in the country He's still to take charge of the team the only thing I can hope is that there's movement in terms of the squad rebuild. But however, I have a crackpot theory. Go on. I have a crackpot theory. Postacoglu could very well get appointed. However, for some strange reason, that, that too seems to be dragging its heels for many different reasons. Even debate over the, the backroom team, which I'm sure we'll get any later on once. Mm-hmm. But within two weeks, it's fairly feasible. I hope it's not the case, but it's fairly feasible that Scotland could beat the Euros. <laughs> I'm telling you. Going right back to Stevie. I think it's going to be Stevie. Aye, really? I do, yep. Yep, do, do you take any? I mean, I'll come to you in a, a second as well, Chris. But do you read anything into the the many, many, many commentators who still think that John Kennedy has a shout of being the manager? Do you think there's anything there? I mean, I can only imagine the mutiny. I mean, it's bad enough 
even the, the merest thought of Kennedy taking the start of pre-season and still being involved seems to have everybody up my arms. And, and to be honest with you, I kind of get it. I, he might be a good coach, but he's, I mean, talk about having pictures of Lowell or some, or Desmond or somebody. I mean, come on. He's been around a long time. Jeez. Well, what about you, Chris? How are you feeling just now? Is Ange one that you're excited about? Or are you somewhere in between things? How well, do you feel? Well, up until last week, I didn't even know who the guy was. Um, like probably everybody else. I mean, I makes um, three of us in this room. Yep. Um, but, Again, try to have a look at what his kind of background is and what his philosophy is when it comes to football. It's quite exciting. I, I, I'm I'm excited by it, um, and I never ever thought that when I first heard his heard his name. It also comes with a bit of concern as well. And Miff's kind of touched on a point, a couple a couple of points anyway. But it's time, right? And it is again, although there is you, can, you maybe give the the board a degree of credit that we had time. We had time in terms of getting rid of again, getting rid of Lennon one way or another and then preparing in terms of clean slate by the way, getting into next next season again, the pressure of the ten in their shoulders. Celtic should again should have been pressing the reset button. I know they put the other all their eggs in the one basket way they have, but that's obviously been quite apparent. But that's not been we know we know that's not been managed properly. But again now we look at Postecoglou coming in and what needs to come with that, right? And you're referring to John Kennedy, right? John gets Postacoglu is not going to be in the door, again, in terms of the reports of the day until the 5th of July. We're back in on the 17th of June. So who's it going to be between the 17th of June and the 5th of July? It's most, more than likely, it's going to be John Kennedy. And it's... The, the problem with that is I think that sets the tone. Because if you're a player for Celtic at this moment in time, you're looking for a fresh start, right? You need Absolutely. to draw a line under last season. And actually most of them thought they had done so. And it's still, as you say, if the saga continues. So they'll be looking to come back, I think it's the 17th of June, so next Thursday. And they'll want to see fresh faces, fresh ideas, a fresh approach. And if it's John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, with the utmost respect, that is not what they'll be getting. No, it's not. And and also, we have known about the qualifiers for quite some time. Mm-hmm. We, we have known about the Euros. We've known about the quarantine regulations. Everything just suggests a lack of due diligence, which then points to a lack of professionalism, top to bottom, within the club. And I think that's what's cost the club in the past season, is the, profession, the lack of professionalism has been apparent within the, the squad management, within seeped into the players as well, I would say. And it's obviously coming right for the for the top of the club. Mm-hmm. But the the point I'd like to make just on the whole kind of post-the-coglu appoint, potential appointment is he is, based on his time with the Australian national team, far more qualified for this job than, than many people seem to think. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what he achieved with that team was, was fairly, fairly unremarkable. So, just because it's not been in Scotland, I don't. I don't think we should be too down on the appointment. I think he's achieved enough in in the game to, to for us to say right, okay, you know, let, let, let's give it a go. But the problem is, it, it's the it's the base of where he's starting from. And and to go back to that point around Kennedy potentially striking as well. You know, it's one of the um, late nineties laptops that you couldn't de- destroy. That's that's what Gav's got, man. <laughs> you know what I mean, chuck it in the Clyde that comes back out. So it's. T- to me, the base that he's starting from, if he's got to come in, he's going to be working with the same background t- team as Lennon. What can we realistically expect him to achieve? I mean, he's, he's not a miracle worker. He's a football coach. I-, I feel he's starting on the back foot. And that's my concern as well. That's what I was wanting to come in and to can say as well. My f- that's, my, that's my concern. How much, how much, what chances has this guy got if he's going to have Strachan, Kennedy sitting right there? And you're right, you know, these guys are coming back in the 17th and they go, here we go again. I mean, this guy could come in and get all the great ideas and the blah. I'd be there still taking a bit here, wee bit there in terms of this is what their input is. It needs to be clean slate. I, again, I was all for terms of clean slate in terms of 
from a scouting network, sports scientists, etc. Et That's what we're all expecting. And I'm still hopeful of this, right? But still, we're talking about time here. And I'm just worried that I'm concerned in terms of what we're, we're going to be realistic at the same time. And it's got its point to the direction that it's going to be Kennedy, most likely, unless like, yeah. something. Now keeping in mind in, in the club's defence Nobody has ever come out and said it's going to be Kennedy and Strachan This is a lot of us, maybe ourselves included Putting two and two together and yep. seeing what lands So it would remain to be seen And he might very well bring his own guys in We'll go on to Neil Lennon's comments in a wee minute Because he's now come out and stressed the fact that He he inherited a backroom team as his term Which we all suspected Surely the club have learned from that mistake If you're bringing this guy in and you're trusting him to come halfway across the world To be your new coach You must support him with the right guys Again that's where logistics come in though And we we haven't done this in such a manner where it's allowed that to be the case that you're actually needing to go back to plan Z and that's Kennedy and Stratton taking pre-season for whatever reason but the, the bigger picture for me around all of this is what's going on in the background is Ayers been linked away Edward's been linked away both probably leaving you know plus the how knock back as well that, that's all really really negative even the manager coming in and the saga coming in and should be a positive, but there, there isn't going to be no end to it because he can't physically come into the country. Yeah. Or when he does, he can't be seen for 10 days. So to me, it, the small chance that he had of that good feeling and that good bit of PR, I mean, obviously I'm going to get behind him. I actually tried to renew earlier on today, but there, there was a bit of an issue with the. With you the wanted website. those renew guys, mate? I was going to. I was going to, aye. Um, purely on the basis that I seen it was the 25th of June was the deadline, and I'm probably not going to be any further forward anyway. So I may as well just go and do that. That was my, that was my thinking. Um, but and I want that new weekend. Um, but the the fact of the the matter is we we have scored I think yet another own goal because even the feel good factor has been completely stripped at this because it's yes he's our manager right we know it's at ten days time All right we'll just wait to seventeenth it's going to be so underwhelming and I think most of us had hung our hat on Eddie Howe as well and we're quite excited at the prospect and no matter whether he's Ange Postacoglu or anyone else It was always going to be a bit underwhelming Because, you know, the whole second best thing And and just like um, Chris had touched upon With the whole revamp You got the feeling with how coming in That that's what was going to happen Aye. There was going to be sports scientists Scouting, nutritionists, all that type of thing Was going to be revamp Whereas you just get the feeling this is plug and play Aye. Postacoglu yep. is just going to get parachuted in And it's got to be as you were More of the same, exactly that if you mentioned a term just at the top of the show there about um, the project and the project that was Ronnie Dyla. Now Celtic unfortunately have become a wee bit famous in recent years for project players. Are we now moving from project players to a project manager? I would probably say so in this instance. Again, we're giving this guy a chance. This guy seems to have a decent track record. That's what I get quite excited about. He seems to have a good track record wherever he's been. But that's exactly what this is. is. And I think that, made, that can disappoint a lot of Celtic fans in the fact that, again, we were going, to, we're going after Eddie Howe in terms of establishment, in terms of something that really kind of galvanises, kick, kick his own, but it is. It is, that's again, that's safe for what, safe, but it is. It is a are project you, manager. Are you concerned that he's been 25-odd years in the game? And as you rightfully say, you know, taking national teams to World Cups and, you know, won different titles, but are you concerned that he has never come across this part of the world, save for a, a very short spell in Greece? But, you know, if he is that good, why has no one else snapped him up? That, that does worry me. But I think MD, MD who knows the game of football and understands the type of personality that's needed in the modern game, after the original horror of being linked with somebody that you'd never heard of, done any sort of research on him and listened to what people in that part of the world in uh, Oceania had to say about him, probably you know ninety percent positive, I would say. He also seems to have been pretty good at getting to previously successful clubs and re-establishing them with a rebuild mm-hmm. 
So I think there is a wee bit of thought went into the profile there. Again, maybe I'm giving the board <laughs> too much credit for that because let's be honest, we we've been scarred by <laughs> by their their um their attitude, I would say, this mm-hmm. season. Their attitude especially towards us as fans. Um but like anything else, what he does seem to have and what I felt that Howe lacked, and I did mention this early early doors, I felt Howe lacked that bit of personality. You did that yeah. bit of almost, you know, the the West of Scotland term would be gallusness. Mm. <laughs> May I made up a word there, lads. I think by you can see with Postacoglu how he's spoken about and what his philosophy of the game appears to be, he seems to have a bit of kind of brashness, a bit of bravado about him. He's got something about him, no so, doubt. So if he's got that, I mean, Dyla certainly never had that. If anything, he was too nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be just the type of character we need to come in and just revive the place a bit. Yeah. That, that's that's what I would say. So I think you're right, Matt. There's a lot of a lot of positives, and but, but almost as you would expect. So you know, obviously, a lot of podcasts and different folk have reached out to those in that part of the world, different Australian commentators, and he is one of the most high-profile coaches of all time in that part of the world. So you'd expect the noises to be positive because. You know, they want to see one of their own do well. It's the same thing about with Tierney going down to Arsenal. We bang the drum about, listen, yeah. Tierney's a great kid and you're getting a, a brilliant life back there. And you want to see him do well because it reflects well on you. I think the same thing's happening, whereas Australians want to see one of their own go out into Europe and do well. And they may well be right. They, may, they might be right on the money. It might be a brilliant appointment. It might revolutionise the place. But he also might not. And that's the point. I think, again, we're rolling the dice here because we just don't know. Guy, guys that were established names in the Scottish games, like, our British game, Terry Butcher, Robbie Fowler have been out to Australia, haven't they? Set the head on fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although if you did that, you'd start a bushfire, but you take my point. It, it, it's, you know, they've went out there and failed, but been backed by money. So the fact that he is a, he, again, I go back to the, the whole national team, to, to build a team, a squad of homegrown players over that number of years, have them qualifying for the World Cup and win the Asian Cup, that has to be a, you know, a, a philosophy and a patience and an understanding of what you're trying to achieve there. So, I mean, listen, we've spent 20 minutes talking about him, but it's got to be Stevie Clark, lads. Listen, just, just on that uh, note, just about how he plays and how he sets up, something Celtic have seriously lacked in recent times, and we've spoken about it at length, is we don't have an identity and a style of play, and, you know, we stumbled into the diamond and all that last year. So it seems that he's very much of the Jurgen Klopp-type mould. He goes 4-3-3, high press and all that stuff. Is that something that excites you about him? Yeah, we're just going to come on to it, you know, just to come back into what Matt was saying now. In terms of seeing into the commentary, right, and coming on to the way he plays, from the, com- from the commentary, I mean, by the, the kind of Australians speaking about um, Postacoglu, they're comparing in terms of how what his style was in the transition to the Australian national team and how they brought them on, and then ultimately where they ended up after they left. So... He left and Van, Mar- Van Marwick came in, the Dutch guy. Took took the Dutch to the World Cup final mm-hmm. in 2012. No, 2010, I believe. 2010. Was it 2010? Um, and you're, you're, so you're talking about establishment in terms of how established it was. He said the, the difference between him being there and him, the last the Van Marwick coming in, was night and day, basically. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about somebody who has been established, who's been established in the European game, and then this guy coming in and obviously doing what he's doing what he did well prior to him coming in, sorry. He's got this identity, and this is what, Except probably excites me about the guy is that he's got the identity, and this is something we've been we've not been coached properly for but near near two years. And this guy, this is what I'm hoping this guy's got to come in. He's got to come in and say this is the way we play. I'm Celtic are set up properly. Here's your job, John Joe Kenny, a right back. <laughs> you're not <be> there. <laughs> this, yeah. this is what you're expected to do. Also, of joking aside, but again, 
everybody knows exactly what they're doing and what their role is. And this is where this guy jumps, basically drills right into his team. Yeah. This is where the expectation so, is. So. so there's a theme that keeps kind of reappearing, whether it's in interviews or podcasts and different things. And the general theme is that he needs time to do that. And I understand that. It's not an overnight fix to come in and inherit the mess that we are just now and flip the switch and then we start winning titles again. The question is, does he get time? You know, does he lose? If he loses fifty percent of his games in the first couple of months, is he out before he even gets his foot in the door? Is that the way it goes in Glasgow, or do we need to, as fans, be realistic here and give him that time that he'll need? It's easy sitting here in the start of June and saying you'll give him time. If you're sitting in October, November, you don't see things improving. All, all I would say is again, I'll use the expression a low bar. He's a low bar to start for because yeah. we were absolutely woeful last season. The I think, did we up. win? Did we win how many league games? Half of them or something ridiculous. It wasn't. It wasn't a lot. Sixteen or something. I mm, think wasn't. so. Right. So progress will be winning more than sixteen games. I, I know that's terrible, right? But the standards have slipped so so markedly that how can we we can't be we can't be too fussy. We, we we just need to back whatever guy comes in to say right we're behind you and you know that married with the fact that fans might very well be back in the stadium. I think we'll just be so happy that that's that's the case. You know, come come say end of July. There's six new players in, manager in the dugout, 5,000 fans, 10,000 fans back in Celtic Park. The picture will look rosy. Mm. It's just we know what we need to go through to get to that. Still, here we are in June, still humming, hawing and not knowing for definite what the plan is. And it's just so frustrating. And it reeks, absolutely reeks a lack of professionalism for the board. And we have tried to hold them account, uh, to account for that. We have protested, we have voiced our displeasure and the attitude coming back is dismissive to say the least and is so disconnected with the fans but also just with the values and the ethos of Celtic that it's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, something else has gone quiet in recent times obviously since the transition from focus being on how to Postacoglu is the director of football chat. So Fergal Harkin was a name in the frame for a long, long time and that got kicked into touch last week. So the latest suggestions are someone like Sean Maloney who... I can't work out whether that would be good or not. I think he's a smart talker and that's fine and he speaks well on the game whenever we see him. Uh, he was obviously a, a talented player at Celtic, but is he the right kind of... I mean, he's not a business guy. Do we need someone to come into that role who has got a bit of business savvy as well as football savvy? I think so. I, I don't I think, I don't see Sean Maloney in that role, personally, myself. I think it needs to be somebody who's well-connected both from a football professionally in terms of football perspective also from a business kind of acumen as well so it needs to be a bit of both and I just don't see that being Sean Mahoney for yeah. me I don't think you have to if you ask me then who then I wouldn't again it probably someday you tend to find these director of football roles it's names you don't know I, absolutely so yeah. I couldn't even put my hand, my hand in my heart and say that again I, I would hope it'd be him or whoever else but Aye, it, no, it can't be Sean Maloney. No, no Sean Maloney for me. Um, I'm, I'm always supportive of short people getting promoted into, into good jobs, so yeah. I, I, like, I like that. If, I like from that. a coach, maybe a coaching perspective, I, like I heard that. that it's been sound, sounded out, by the way, Maloney's a coaching maybe, but... Uh, I, I, I don't know, he's also Aberdonian, so he'll be naturally quite frugal. So, again, that's maybe appealing to the board. Maloney seems to be well regarded. Mm-hmm. I think Celtic are keen to get him in, in some capacity. That was director of football. To, to be honest with you, I, I wouldn't have too many complaints with it. I, I would quite like Maloney in the building. Maybe. He's a guy that knows football and if someone in that role is going to take control of our recruitment, then I'd rather it be someone who knows the game and can see a player and different things like that. I suppose, again, just a practical concern. And as you say, my, you know, the planning has been so sketchy. We all know that Sean Maloney's in a high-profile role at Belgium who will probably get to the latter stages, so he might not be available till mid-July and is he then tasked with signing players for kind of for that week for when you've got a game so that's just not feasible 
So if in the meantime we don't have a director of football, who's going to sign the players over the next four weeks? You need to remember, I lived through an era where we had Jock Brown as a director of football. So one mm. week I was listening to him commentating and telling, and the next minute he was Celtic's director of football. But yeah. what, again, we don't really have an understanding of what the structure is going to look like, what the roles and responsibilities responsibilities are going to be and again that is completely and absolutely on the board yeah absolutely it's just what I just come in there as well to you and just you're absolutely right man again this is the reason you're, you're asking Eller on as well to you know but what are the expectations are of this guy and again the bar is set very very low and we need to again it's easy it is easy saying that in June I mean we need to give this guy time but you're talking about directors beginning director of football could potentially come in middle of July, talk about managers come in on the fifth of July, you're talking about signings to be made. This is this is going to be a season of complete transition. Yeah. It's I mean you you've you've said Miff, it's a low bar. So if he comes in, so we lost the league by twenty five points. If he comes in and loses the league by ten points, is that good? Is that progress? It is progress, but is it, is it progress that we want to see? Do you accept it? If you're seeing a good product on the park, are you going to give him two seasons to turn it around? I think you need to. I, 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 that's where I'm at. This this season is already a right off for me anyway and that, that I, I, I hope I sincerely hope I'm proved wrong but how can we expect to function as a championship contending team when we have absolutely nothing prepared for next season not a thing yeah. do, do we have anything nothing, nothing at all a few guys gone out the door by the looks of it but nothing coming nothing. that we can see how, how, just simple you know common sense tells you we're, we're a shambles yeah we're so behind the curve it's untrue um, just to go back to the practicalities of uh, Big Ange if he does come in so there's rumours that ex-Rangers player Kevin Muscat was going to be joining him I think that's since been quashed by inverted commas a Celtic source um, I don't know if you've got any great take on it Twitter was awash with people saying it's a disgrace and all that I don't care enough about it personally I don't know how you guys feel about ex-Rangers players an EBT recipient allegedly any great thoughts on, on someone like him or is it just not a thing I could say something very controversial here right Give me Kevin Muscat over John Kennedy any day. That's controversial. How do you feel about him, Muff? I think appointing ex-Rangers players as coaches has gone down a fairly dodgy path. And I think it is another sign of the lack of understanding and due diligence for the board to the situation. If you had done anything around anything like the right due diligence in Postacoglu, you'd have seen that as a possibility that he would have been brought in and it should have been managed. Yeah. So that it wasn't even discussed. Now again, it is speculation, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. That's why you're here mm-hmm. to speculate, to give opinion. That's fine. My opinion is, I, I don't think it's a route we should be wanting to go down. However, I do see, if I'm being, you know, objective, his his type of character, steely, determined. Let's be honest, quite quite dirty in a footballing sense. Would would be something that we would all probably agree that we were needing. We lack a bit of bite. There's no doubt. So. About it. You know, you can see that the, the merit in it and why he would be a valuable member of a backroom team. But given given Celtic and Rangers' obvious history and the fact that he has played for Rangers, for me, I, I just think you, you just avoid that. It's just not something that's needed. I'm, I'm going to come back and I'm, I'm jesting as well. Again, I don't want to see Kevin Muscat coming in, right? But there's there's way there's again, just I just thought I'd throw that in there. But the reason why I'm saying that, right, is for the point we made earlier on. It's the fact that again these people are going to be walking these players, so they're going to walk around the door and it's the same old, same old. I yeah. would love somebody to come in and basically be fresh start and again that's where I wanted to be. So there's two there's two ways I've kind of been looking at this, right? So there's one when they're talking about Kevin Musket, I want this guy to come in and have, and have the autonomy to say, I want him in the building, I want him and I want the fucking this is full like, this is I'm in control here basically. Two, it can't be Kevin Musket because the reasons being 
of what his profile is. I think I don't the the, the board cannot score a non goaler. I have to say of that nature again. Aye, well, that's so the there's two ways of looking at it there, and yeah. I know I'm contradicting myself slightly with that, but that's my thoughts. To Miff's point, it's just a, it's an appointment we don't need to make. There's dozens of assistants out there, but I think what the most important thing is, and I think you're leaning towards it, Chris, is that whoever it is, it has to be Angie's own guys, and it can't be John Kennedy. Not because, well, certainly I'm not anti-John Kennedy, but the club just needs a freshness, so it has to be ABK, anybody but Kennedy, and it needs to be somebody new. Um, Kevin Muscat is just a, an appointment we don't need to make, but there are others. So, I mean, his current assistants have been linked. So, he's, it's a guy called Sean Ontong and John Hutchinson. Obviously, we don't don't know anything about these guys. Good they, guys. They get a couple good of good guys. guys. Get, get the money. <laughs> so, these are his assistants at the moment over in Japan. Whether he brings them or he feels he needs to bring someone else. One thing he did say, and I picked up in a recent interview, was that he likes to work with new people wherever he goes and people who have got an idea of, of what he's getting into. That's why people have put the two and two together and said we're definitely getting Kennedy and we're definitely getting Strachan but as I said before if there's anything we learned from the whole Eddie Howe fiasco is that people on Twitter ourselves very much included do not know a thing until it's a, you know made official at Celtic we've no idea if Kennedy will be there we don't know if Muscat's even been suggested or if it's just paper talk I think people just come to their own uh, you know assumptions there and, and settle on it as being fact so anyway to move on from Ange so hopefully we've got better news in the next few days and we've got something uh, concrete to speak about this time next week to move on uh, something else notable uh, this past weekend was Neil Lennon's interview with the Times um, did you lads pick up on it? yep very disappointing yeah what's your initial take on it? deflection for me I really again was a bit baffled by his comments as a guy who's been in Glasgow one way or another for the past 20 years if you're no first you're last mm-hmm. And we were on the way down from the Finnish Faroes game. So for New Lennon to come back, come out and say that we questioned obviously the cup run in terms of for us turning the club after what happened the cup run. They rotted well and truly set in, but then so if New Lennon then questions in terms of this certain breed of Celtic fan has been created as a consequence of this season or whatever's happened, he's absolutely lost lost the plot. And as I said, it's just he's out to protect himself. As yeah. I said, he's out to find. Another job, and it's it's not it's not always my fault. It's somebody yeah. it's somebody else's fault. He, he seems to be doing his very best to to chip away his Celtic legacy bit by bit, doesn't he? Yes, he does. But I just want to say, Talladega Nights reference there. If you're not first, you're last. Is that like, oh no, no, Ricky, Ricky Bobby, no, MD, nah. MD, cheese Louise, no, shake and bake, nah. no, no, right, right, right. It's lost in this room. No, jeez, <laughs> man, um, I didn't read the interview. That's because you don't subscribe because to the Times. It costs you though. No, I know. I'm not paying 99 pence a month. Um, no, I I deliberately steered away from reading anything about it. Um, I really have had a belly full of the the whole deflection, the whining, the excuses, and the total lack of accountability, accountability and responsibility that those at the head of the club have taken for last season. It has been everybody's fault, bar them. Um, and I really wish, if only they'd told me last season when I was paying my £600 to watch games in the telly that I was a problem mm-hmm. and I would have saved them the bother. So I know I'm going to be the mug that's got to do it again this season, but I'm, I'm doing it under the under the hope and expectation that there's there's, there's going to be changes. Um, but for for some of the, the rhetoric that's come out for people who, who should know better is is pretty sickening. And just another another body blow after the season that we've had that we just feel we can't move on for it. The timing of the interview is absolutely horrendous and again shows something about Neil Lennon which I never thought I would be saying but it's just all me, me, me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't quite believe it. And and he's put his... He, he obviously has to look after himself and try and get another job. I get that. But um, 
you know, he's done it to the detriment of of his Celtic legacy. Of that, there is absolutely no doubt. Yeah, I, I thought the timing was the biggest thing. You know, and I, I raised that question at the time on Saturday, but I suppose it ties in. So he's going to be a, a pundit for the Times during Euro 2020. And it just seems to tie into that. You know, contractually, he'll be obliged to give a, a kind of opening interview. And that's what he's done. Now, he, can, he of course, can choose what he says in that interview. And he's fired out a lot of shots. But as you say, my f- accountability and responsibility don't feature anywhere. There's several quotes. There's loads of quotes that really don't sit well at all. Uh, one of the key ones being that he said that the fans had an unhealthy obsession with Turner Row, despite the fact that when the narrative suited him to go on about Turner Row and what an opportunity this is and what a moment with the club and all this kind of stuff, he was all over Turner Row. So that's just hypocrisy at best. He also says he inherited his backroom team. So at the time it was John Kennedy and Damien Duff. And he says he could have performed far better if he was allowed to bring in his own guys. Questionable, but you know there's something in that. And the last thing, and the one that really isn't sitting well with anybody, is that he says he has nothing in common with this new breed of Celtic supporters who belie the values of the club. Anything there jumping out at you? I mean, how do you feel? Does that anger you? Uh, absolutely. I think it's an absolute nonsense. But I'm saying that, can they, well, if, if that's the case and he doesn't have a relationship with those breed of supporters, then he doesn't have any form of relationship with any form of this, any, doesn't back any, he's, that's absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Again, as I said, his legacy, he's just tarnished his legacy as a Celtic player captain and as a manager. It'd be silly, silly comments like that. Um, I wonder, as you say, if he's maybe just putting himself in the shop window, as you do, but he's burning his bridges here, isn't he? Well, he's done it in a very calculated and cynical way. Um, and he's done it at the expense of, effectively, Celtic and Celtic fans. Um, but I, I deliberately didn't read it because I had an idea it would be full of that kind of pitying nonsense that mm-hmm. I've just heard. Um, and trying to rewrite history won't won't do him any favours in the long run because like at Bolton, like at Hibs and like at Celtic, he'll get caught out further than line. Yeah, seems to be the case. So we'll move on from Neil Lennon and to be honest with you, I don't think we should waste any more time on him in the you know, the, the coming weeks and months ahead. I think he's he's done with Celtic and he's as I say, he's burning bridges right, left and centre. I think he himself has drawn a line under things. I think we should maybe do the same. Yeah. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, as you touched on Miff, the the new away kit was launched last week. Again, you can question timing, but I think Adidas uh, dictate that based on the Euros and different things, so we'll, we'll forgive that. Is it something you'll be ordering three of for the house? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Show me where to sign. It's lovely, though. Yeah. It's lovely. Just one thing, I was chatting to a couple of mates about it. Obviously, this top and one of the ones from last season, it features the four-leaf clover around the club crest. Do you lads have any, you know, are you precious on that? It should always be the crest. Are you quite happy with a more modern-looking approach? Some people say, you know, accuse it of looking like a training top, for example, but Quite smart. No, I like it. I think I can like um I like it's just I like very many others. I can I think it's a crank it's like absolute crank strip, but no, I don't question that at all. I'm quite happy the way that it's come across and something in terms of how to market a wee bit differently. It's a good way to look yeah. well, well look for, at it. For sixty five pounds it can be all yours on the twenty fourth of June, Chris, so good luck with that. Um in terms of just going back to the players, so a few players have come out with as you said, relatively negative news in terms of the fact that guys like Chris Ayer and Edward looks set to move on. So Ayer was quoted a few days ago, I think he's with Norway just now in international camp, uh, talking about a few different things. He seemed to be quite refreshingly honest, to be fair. You know, he was saying he's got a year left in his deal. This is probably the right time for him and the club to to cash in. No problem with that. But he did stress, if we didn't already know, that he and others were convinced to stay around for this 10-in-a-row season. And again, it's with the, the benefit of hindsight, but we've seen and hopefully we've learned from this season that when guys want to go, you should let them go. Absolutely, and you know we we, we had a we had a suspicion that, that that was the case. I think the the rhetoric from Lennon and the interview from Lennon after the Fernandes Faro scheme 
you can only imagine that you've been in football dressing rooms yourself, lads. Um, doesn't matter what level at. There's people there that don't want to be there, and they say that things are, are kind of hanging by a thread. Then it doesn't take much for the atmosphere in the dressing room to, to turn fairly toxic pretty quickly. And whilst we're only guessing, but you can make it a fairly reasonably informed guess from the way that things have unravelled, is that Lennon kind of going after the players after the Ferns Farrell's game and outing, <laughs> outing certain members of the squad for wanting to leave prior to that season when they had already agreed to stay was pretty poor form. And that, backed by the whole ball and goalie slash Griffiths incidents, I think have just combined to see a, a real divide and, and split in the, in the dressing room. And I know we can be angry about that. We can be angry at the players for not performing to their best. But like any workplace, if the environment you're working in isn't great, you're not going to give your best and you're not going to be able to give your best. So um, I think it's just yet another contributing factor to what was a very sorry season. And again, Mr Lennon um, was a huge contributor to that, but that seemed to be absent for his interview. Yeah. Which I, I haven't read. <laughs> that's right. I think we've all got to accept as well in the modern game that, listen, the polemics days don't exist anymore. You don't get these guys that come through and, and stay at the club for all this time and, you know, to expect anyone, certainly anyone, you know, from Norway or otherwise and Eddie and I, they're just playing playing their part in the modern game. They come, they stay for a few years, they do well and they move on for a profit. And that's the model and that's the way it works. So I don't think we can have any issues with them and there's guys on Twitter telling I to get to and all that kind of stuff. And I just think that's a nonsense. He's come, he's worked hard, he's improved. Celtic paid 650 grand from five years ago. They'll get maybe upwards of about eight million, something like that. We we have genuinely developed him as a player, but also he went out and loaned to Kilmarnock. He improved himself. He came over here when he was sixteen, a young I man, think, under yeah. under Dyla. You know, he's he's performed with great credit. Um, although I've never seen him do limp with a shoulder injury right enough, but that's maybe that's maybe me being a wee bit better. Um, but he has over the over the piece performed very well for Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably would be in the Christie section of maybe isn't as good as he thinks he is. Maybe. Um, but I do genuinely wish him all the best. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, and the other chap I mentioned, obviously, Odson Edward. By all accounts, it looks like uh, things are heating up between him and Leicester, which would make a lot of sense given the, the history there with Rodgers. Um, the suggestion I've read is 10 million up front with 10 million in add-ons. Now, decent money, you know, for anybody in the world, but given that maybe a, a season or so ago, they were talking about the 25s and upwards of 25 million for him. Do you think we've got that one wrong as well? No, not really. I, I think if you look over the piece, um, would we pay for him nine? Nine, eight, yeah. eight or nine for double our money. And, you know, he has, again, you can't just look at it in terms of what his exit value is. It's what he's given us. And those seasons he's been there and last season's right off. But the season prior to that, the nine in a row season, he was absolutely unplayable. And, you know, it's just such a shame we didn't get that same Odson Edward for the, for the 10 in a row season. So, again, we, we sell the dream. Access to the, the Premier League. Come, prove your worth. People will come and buy you. There's many trodden that path before and there'll be many... Tread it. Tread <laughs> that path again. Yeah. Um, I, I have no issues with, with Edward leaving other than the fact that I wish he would stay because he's absolutely brilliant. But let's be honest, he didn't give his best this season. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think maybe the fact he's had COVID and took a while to recover for that shouldn't be missed in, in that assessment but ultimately he was a huge disappointment this season he was but he also did, did not have any support no. by means of a decent striker no. either to play alongside him or just to give him genuine competition no. because for different reasons Christy, Clamalla, Ayeti have all failed to perform what do you feel Chris are you okay with getting 20 odd million for Edward or is it a wee bit disappointing for you I think it's alright to be honest considering the circumstances around about it again it does you look at it 30 million that's been banded about last summer 
and I was adamant again it should have stayed like the IR obviously because of the contract and the circumstances around the 10th row season but as I said, because of the situation we're in at the moment, again, I think that is, again, probably the right right figure probably we're at um, for uh, Edward. But. There's also no doubt, you know, obviously, Touchwood and stuff, we're, we're all seeing light at the end of the COVID tunnel, but there's no doubt the club have, you know, suffered and lost millions upon millions as a result of not having fans in the stadium and, and everything else that goes with that. So they're also a wee bit of a... in a weak bargaining position. They need yep. to take any serious offers and they can't afford to gamble with that and not get it right, so... I think had all things been equal, they might have been able to eke another few million out the deal, but I think we've got to take what we can get here. The mismanagement at the top, it comes back to that for everything. And again, you talk about whether it be signings um, in terms of sales or signings coming in, it's just, honestly, it's just such a head scratch of where we've went went from from the the, the Rodgers era to where we're at at the moment. It's just... Frightening when you look at that, you know, specifically, we're yeah. talking about the position, the bargaining position, but the years going by, and a Fraser Foster position, or Virgil van Dyke, be able to negotiate this, whereas we're in a position that is, I have to say, right, two of them last year, last contract, like last year, their contracts, same kind of, kind of situation with Christie, right, right, we'll need to take it, no, do you know yeah. what I mean? We're, we're not in a strong position. It's quite a spectacular fall from grace, that's the thing, we were so far in front and, you know, absolutely top dogs in this country and in the blink of an eye, 18 months tops, we have absolutely flipped the switch and ended up where we are just now, so it's pretty troubling. Um, however, as I say, we'll potentially get up to about 20 million for Edward, you might get maybe 7 or 8 for Ayer, you've got Christie who might go, you've got Cham who might go, and then all of a sudden there's a, there's a kitty there, that might be 30 odd million for a new man to spend. The question is, do the club need to use that 30 million to plug some financial gaps? I really don't know. I've got no insight into that at this moment in time. Or will they be able to, to use the term, give a war chest to Ange or whoever to really spend big? Because we need to make some serious acquisitions and very soon. Well, I think history tells you what we bring in, we don't spend. Mm-hmm. So we can forget about that kind of uh, immediately being, being spent back on the on the playing squad. Um, aye, it, it's, uh, it's puzzling to me just how, how we've managed squad um, normally at an area where we were, were pretty good do, do any of the lone guys come back in and, and play a part you know it looks like Henry's away as well judging by the, the type of chat that surrounded Tim we seem to have mismanaged that by the way the chat is that there's a clause that allows is it Austin do you call it the mm-hmm. team that he's with us now they can sign him for 1.75 million and immediately resell him to West Bromer quoted and somebody else for 5, 6, 7 million if that happens and we've just waved 4 or 5 million out the door that is criminal We'll wait to see, but I'd that's imagine the selling that. I think it might have been mismanaged, but anyway, as you were saying, Matt. I, you know, just again, it's just some symptomatic of the lack of professionalism throughout the club. We, we go back to the same point: whether you're talking about squad management, whether you're talking about the previous manager, whether you're talking about the yet to be appointed manager, it's an absolute shambles. On a positive note, if we can try and find some positives, because you know, hopefully, there's some better times ahead. But on a positive note, there's five. Or six, if you include Jack Henry, Celtic players at the Euros. Obviously, Scotland kick off against the Czech Republic on Monday at two o'clock. Are you excited to see these guys? Obviously, some will feature more than others. Um, and obviously, James Forrest is still finding his feet again. You know, given that he missed most of last season, but are you excited for what the Euros will offer? Aye, I'm looking forward to it. Well, hopefully, I kind of personally think Scotland are going to do quite well for some strange reason. Um, but from a Celtic perspective, I'll be interested to see how McGregor plays if he plays at all. Mm. Um, and the Scotland team, so I'm I'm interested to find out how that kind of plays out because I think he's there has been a lot of, lot of rightful criticism um, with Cal McGregor um, this year. But I think as a player, Cal McGregor as a player again, I know I've, I've had this kind of debate with kind of my, my pals, but um, 
there's a player there. Um, but generally, I'm excited about Euros. I'm looking forward to watching, sit down and watching Scotland in a major tournament. So I can't, mm. can't wait. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see how some of the guys perform yeah, as well. I think for McGregor, there's been this... Treated like a badge of honour that he plays so many games. It's not a positive. The amount of games that no. guy, you know, plays and has played the last few seasons as a young man, it looks right now like he's burnt out. And with each passing game, I still find it puzzling how different managers keep picking him. Whether it was Lennon, John Kennedy, or Steve Clark, he keeps getting a game despite seriously below par performances. And this isn't a vendetta against one of our own, but I think he needs a break for his own sake. And Scotland, all of a sudden, you know, they've got a decent squad there. And whether it's Billy Gilmore or even his, you know, teammates, somebody like Turnbull or Christie. McGregor's not irreplaceable in that Scotland team and I think that might be one of the surprise moves that he doesn't feature that much in these games. I would agree he needs a rest but like you say he, keeps on, he just keeps on cocking up the minutes. Yeah. Um, and who wants to get a rest at a, a major oh, tournament I either? Oh, yep. I mean he's, this is probably the only chance he'll get so. No I, I mean I, I think Scotland's got to win it. Aye. What, yes, are, you, what are you basing that on? I need something. I need something Tell that Johnny Tell that Johnny after this season I just I'm, so I'm going all out I'm yeah. going full Ali McLeod I've got to win it. <laughs> Fair enough. Delighted that Turnbull obviously made the squad and he's had a wee bit of game time there in, in some of the friendlies. Do you think he'll get a, a chance? I mean, when you look down your bench, if you need somebody to change it, he's a guy that's got something to offer. I thought he really showed up well against the Netherlands. I thought, you know... He doesn't look phased. No, and, and what you got off him was what we've seen this season from December when he started getting played. Um, was someone who will take the ball under pressure who does his fair share of pressing, closing down, you know, getting getting up and down the pitch, but is just constantly probing and looking for that through ball, looking to make that angle for the right pass. He just he just looks a classy, classy player. Um, other members of the squad, you know, in terms of Celtic, Christie seems to be trusted by Clark and is somebody he wants in the team for his his quality but work rate as well. Mm-hmm. Seems to fit in quite well with how Clark plays. Hendry scored a cracking goal. He did. And Greg Taylor. Uh, Taylor beat a man. Um, so that was that was great. Obviously inspired by the fact he's got a Rangers in the squad. So it's aye, it's all gone the right direction. It's been listen. It's been a while. For I watched the Scotland team. Just talking specifically about the the, the Holland game. I watched the Scotland team and thought they looked fairly comfortable. Um, against Luxembourg, with them getting a man sent off, it kind of you know Scotland aren't going to have those types of games where people are sitting sitting deep against them and they need to try and yeah. kinda, um, you know they won't have wanted prize that them, off. prize them open. What what Scotland will be doing is hitting teams in the break and with the likes of, you know, Turnbull, McGinn, um There's pace there, Ryan Fraser, for example. Know, Jesus, oh sorry, I mean Nathan Patterson. Um you know, there's really there really is some pace about the team. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh constitutes success for Scotland at the Euro? So Czech Republic, Croatia and England are their uh, opponents in the group. What would be a success? Victory. <laughs> the victory of the whole I'm, thing I'm accepting nothing less Nothing less What about you Chris Are you a bit more realistic A bit more pragmatic It's just through the group stages If we get through the group stages It'll be fantastic Keeping keep in mind Scotland been, Have never qualified well, That's what I was going to say exactly. if, we, if we go to the group Great You know and, and again It's a nice So how do the games work out Am I right in saying that Czech Republic So that means England's playing Croatia Then we play England uh, we, yeah, we So we could go and pick them out mm-hmm. That I mean that in itself Would be like winning the tournament Imagine just Emptying them At the tournament That would just be magic I don't know what you can see. I would be. I just because Croatia will beat them. I don't. Know. I honestly don't know how it's going to play. I think, like, I've got a funny feeling something's going to. I think this could be some. I'm saying this on the seventh of June. I think something special is going to happen. And I mean, can through the group stages, I think it's some special. We've never done it before. Yeah, we've never won it before as well, Miff. So well, to your point, winning the whole thing would be nice. Eh? No, 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 no. Karen Cup. You're going we to won the Karen Cup. <laughs> was that two 0 draws and one penalties out in Japan? Two thousand. To bring us right back to Ange. Eight. 2008 I'm gone 
Another bit of positive news. Obviously, players being at the Euros is great, and we look forward to seeing them in action. Um, Celtic's women's team, congratulations to Fran Alonso and the players they qualified for the Champions League for the first time yesterday with, I think, an 8 0 victory over Motherwell. So, decent going there, and hopefully, they can go one better next season. They're, they're making big improvements. They went full time this year. There's been quite a lot of focus on them and quite a lot of media and fan media, which is great to see. So, hopefully, they continue to improve. But again, congratulations to the players there for their success this season. So just as we start to wrap up, up Miff, what's your, your overall thoughts at the moment? How are you feeling about things? A wee bit, a wee bit better? No. Right? No, not really. Um, purely on, pure, no, pure on the basis that there is still nothing tangible to go on. It's still really speculation. The club have come out and said nothing. And we know for the whole how debacle that until it's confirmed by the club, it's not going to happen. So I, d- I don't feel any better. I'll feel better when a, an appointment's been made and a plan's in place. But it just feels like we're you know, it does look like it's coming close to an end, but I'll feel a bit better once once I know for certain what we're dealing with. Yeah, let's see if we can do something for you in seven days' time on that one. What about yourself, Chris? Uh, kind of the same feeling as Miff. Um, the tunnel, the tunnel is long, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's the way that I feel, I feel about it. Um, but I'm, I feel like Miff's being very pessimistic about the situation at the moment. As I said, just it's so much that needs to be to be done at the moment, and then there's again an end this interim. I said, especially after the news coming out today in terms of saying potentially coming in the 5th of July, I have serious concerns what's going to happen between that period of 17th of June and the 5th of July. That's my real worry at the moment. Yeah, and I think that's a, a very genuine worry. And I think, you know, given that we did get our fingers burnt with the Eddie Howe thing, nothing is done until it's done. So hopefully we get good news and something concrete in the next few days. So the next time you hear from us, we could be in the strange and unfamiliar position of having a manager in place at the football club. Wouldn't that be a novel idea? If it's deemed that Big Angie is indeed the man for the job, then we'll be giving him our full support as he looks to turn this ship around in time for the new season. Thanks to Miff and Chris for joining me on today's show, and as always, our thanks to you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please continue to support us by following us wherever you get your podcasts and by sharing this episode with any friends or family who you think may enjoy it. You'll also find us on Twitter at Celtic Exchange and on Instagram at the Celtic Exchange Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. Podcast Network.